Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Anna Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to share some ways to make some extra cash to help you get out of debt. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over a decade. And so far, we have four young children. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over seven years through blogging and social media. With the desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe the Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. So, hey everyone. Uh, We are excited to be back with you. If you've been uh, with us through this uh, summer season, you know that we were sharing some past episodes of Marriage After God. And I just wanted to jump in and share that that was Aaron's way of giving me a little bit of uh, free free time, free space to uh, just be with the kids and have a slow summer. And I really appreciated that. I think um, having started the podcast and doing all the episodes we had and then leading up to the book launch, we had been busy for like a year and a half. That's what it feels like, yeah. Like, like writing the book, editing the book, doing the podcast episodes and... Marketing the book, doing those those interviews on podcasts. I mean, it was great. And I was super thankful that we got to work together through that season. Um, and by the time that we launched the book, I needed a little bit of room to breathe. <laughs> well, and we that's something that we've been trying to work on is knowing our boundaries, yeah. knowing our limits that we need to break. Because and, we're human and yeah. sometimes we get tired. And so Jen was a little bit tired and... Aaron, um, Aaron gave me that little bit of a break and we talked a lot about the podcast and what we desired for it and for you guys. And so we've been talking a lot about future episodes and we're really excited about that. Um, and it was actually really helpful, uh, that we took the break too, because this last week, even I had a really bad cold and I was congested and you might even hear it a little bit in my voice now still. So, (laughs) yeah, but you know, that, um, break was good. Uh, you, feel rested mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to, we're going to try and get into another uh, flow and routine of mm-hmm. getting our, getting fresh content on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I let them know last week in the intro for the last episode um, that we're going to be doing some more kind of Bible study style mm-hmm. uh, podcasts and um, sprinkling in there some fun episodes. And this one is a, a fun episode. Yeah. Resourceful episode. Yeah. It's a resourceful one. It's like, it gives ideas, things that 
you know, we can help other couples out there because we know a lot of people want to get out of debt. Mm or have extra cash for uh, supporting a child or uh, putting money in savings. There's tons of reasons why a married couple might want extra cash. So we thought it'd be cool to pull some ideas together. But uh, before we get into the topic, uh, I just wanted to remind everyone, because uh, we've been giving away this free ebook, and it's 52 date night conversations uh, for uh, your marriage. And so what you do is you download this free ebook and you take one of the topics and you go on a date and your date is surrounded around that topic. And so you, you, you dive into the topic, you ask the question, you, you, you figure out uh, where each other are with the answer to that question. And it, it actually makes your date nights much deeper. The, the greatest date nights Jennifer and I go on are ones where we're talking about the deep things of our life, our mm-hmm. children, the future, uh, what God's doing in our lives, uh, our relationships with other friends. And sometimes those conversations happen sporadically on a date night, but most often it, help, it happens because one or both of us were prompted to ask a specific question or yeah. to explore a certain part of our life together. So I yeah. think intentionality is really important to the married life and uh, we want to equip you guys. So if these prompts, these questions, these date night conversation starters help you, uh, we know that's a win. So we hope that you would be interested in getting those. Yeah. So all you got to do is go to datenightconversations.com and uh, fill out the form and you'll get them for free. And so we actually, last week, I asked people to post pictures uh, of their favorite conversation uh, starter on the in the ebook or let us know how those conversations are going by posting it in Instagram and tagging hashtag date night conversations and then also tagging at marriage after God so that we can see those and uh, we repost them often. So if you want to get the, that free ebook, it's 52 date night conversations for a marriage after God and it's at datenightconversations.com completely free. You should go get a copy of that today. Uh, So this leads us into our topic, which is going to be ideas for making some extra cash. Yeah. And this is going to be kind of a two-part episode, not in two different episodes, but in the sense that the beginning part, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, just biblically, what does what does scripture say about money? And then we're going to do a fun part about mm-hmm. how to make some extra cash. And we've come up with some really great ideas for you guys. And I just wanted to make a note that if you're a couple who doesn't need to make some extra cash, or you're just not in that space, you're dealing with or wrestling with other issues. So we want to encourage you to stay with us and keep listening because something might, you know, bring to your mind a, a person in your life who could really use some of these ideas. And so we wanted to encourage you that if this episode um, encourages you or makes you think of that that friend or that other married couple in your life to share it with them. Absolutely. Yeah, because not everyone's in the same place and we totally get that. Yeah. And we can't make it every episode fit every person. Right. But we know that there's, I mean, we are in the same situation years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we know lots of people that are always just trying to like get out of debt, pay off that credit card, pay off that that car loan, uh, pay down their mortgage, yeah. um, pay for school, uh, yeah. um, books. There's lots of things. Finances so, is one of those topics that every marriage does consider. Yeah. They do talk about it. So. And also sometimes it's like, how do we, how do we even get for get ahead in this and yeah. that's a question that people ask and so so we just wanted to make sure that in the beginning of this episode we just talk about what the bible says about money so we can have a correct way of thinking mm-hmm. and then we'll get into the fun ideas that you can take and maybe even implement some of them to make some extra cash yeah so if you want to follow along in your bible you can whip that out but if you're driving and listening i'm going to recommend that you don't do that and just uh listen because aaron's going to share the scripture and read it for you yeah and then you can listen to it again later with your bible <laughs> open. but that's a good point if you're driving don't grab your bible 
Okay. So the Bible talks about money in, in several different ways. On one hand, the Bible warns us about the dangers of having money in the wrong place. What I mean by that is, um, you know, what position does money have in my life? And so uh, here's a, a, a verse. It says in Matthew 6, 24, um, it says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Mm. And so if money is in a place of that's my security. That's my strong tower. That's the thing that is protecting me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue it because that is what it, what it, where it, it is my life. Then you're devoting yourself to the wrong thing. So you want to make sure, we want to make sure that money's not in that place. No matter what ideas we give you, no matter where we're at in our life, money is not our strong tower. Money is not our security. Uh, it's, it's a tool to be used. Mm-hmm. It's a resource to be invested. It's something to be managed. Mm-hmm. And we need to recognize that. Because um, th- that's what Jesus is telling us in Matthew 6, is that no one can serve two masters. And so either we're serving God or we're serving money, and you can't do both. Yeah, and the, the problem when it comes to marriage, and I'm just thinking back to our own personal experience and journey, is that uh, if you are devoted to money and and you're you're, you're striving for just the money, yeah, it can become a divisive thing within your marriage. And usually does. Yeah. And I know that I struggled with a pursuit of money, even in my minimum wage job, you know, working 40 hours a week, being, um, being frustrated over the fact that we were putting it towards what I thought was your debt instead mm-hmm. of seeing it as our debt and striving for, for the money that I earned just to be able to use it my way. Mm-hmm. was really divisive. Yeah. And and that's a good point because it, it could sound like, well, we don't have a lot of money, so that's not a problem. But you could not have a lot of money. You could be, you know, poor and destitute and not have money and still have money in the wrong place because you could see money as your savior. Mm. Like if I just had more, I would, if only- it's so consuming. Yeah. So no matter where you're at, the wealthy, the poor, mm. you know, as Paul says, I've learned to be content in all things in, in wealth and in poverty. Mm-hmm. And that's where our heart should be. Because mm-hmm. if you're serving God and if your heart is devoted to God, you're going to do the things that God tells you to do. So mm-hmm. one of those is being unified in marriage, being one in marriage. Yeah. So we're going to be on the same page when it comes to money and not divided. So I hope that yep. that encouraged someone. Yeah. Another verse is 1 Timothy 6.10. And this is what happens when you put money in the wrong place in your heart. It says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through the craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Now, real quick, I want to note that a lot of people uh, misquote this verse and they say money is the root of all kinds of evil. And they forget the first part that says for the love of money, because money is an inanimate object. It's the money, way it's used. M- money can't be the root of anything unless it's used wrong. Mm-hmm. So what the Bible says is for the love of money mm-hmm. is a root of all kinds of evil. When you love money and have it in the wrong place, man, that leads to so much destruction. You start thinking differently. You start making decisions with your relationships differently. You pursue things differently. And God wants us to avoid that. And that's why Paul was telling Timothy about this idea for the love of money mm-hmm. is the root of all kinds of evil. So here's the question for our listeners today to just kind of mull over and, and wrestle with is what, what are your motives for using money? It's a good question. There could be a lot of answers to that. Yeah. Like, like what is money in your life? Mm-hmm. Proverbs 18, 11, a rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his imagination. 
So mm-hmm. it starts off sounding like, oh yeah, his wealth is his strong city. It ends with, in his imagination. And that's what I wanted to get at before is, it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you think that it is your security, rather than Christ, rather than God who says you're under his wings, that he's your shelter, he's your high tower, you're deceived. Uh, and that's what the Bible tells us about wealth, is that it's, it's deceptive, mm. right? And so... So I just, again, this takes, I want to put money in the right place. Mm -hmm. It is not our strong tower. So when we give you these ideas, we're not trying to help encourage you and say, hey, this is how you're going to have more security in your life. Uh, That's not what we're doing. These ideas are just, if we have the right mind about money and we're trying to be good stewards of our time and resources and, you know, God's leading us to get out of debt and he's leading us to, you know, know, pay these things down or support something. Mm -hmm. um, These ideas could be um, useful for that. Would you like to read the next verse? Yeah, it's Proverbs 23, 4. It says, do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. Yeah, and I put this definition. Toil means work extremely hard or incessantly. Not that we shouldn't be hard workers, um, but at what cost? Are we are we working so we're sacrificing everything in our life just to be wealthy? Like our integrity, our, our name, uh, our relationships, our family, our, you know, our faith, all these things. Are we putting those on the line to, to chase after wealth? Mm-hmm. I think our encouragement in today's episode would be don't pursue money for wealth. Pursue God and work on building a strong financial foundation for your family so that you can continue to do all the great and wonderful things God has plan for your life. Yeah. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5.10, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor who loves wealth will his in- with his income. This is also vanity. So Ecclesiastes <laughs> is just saying like, yeah. you love your money, you're not going to be satisfied with money. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've, I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. I've, I've felt there's been times that I've had um, excess of money and then it's not enough. It's so, it's so weird how the things of this world, like grasping onto things that are not Christ, are so vain. Mm -hmm. They just, they slip through your fingers so quickly. And that's what we're trying to encourage you with is money itself can satisfy nothing. Mm -hmm. Maybe for a short time, maybe it can buy something that's going to make you happy for a moment, but those, everything you could potentially buy is going to fade away. Mm -hmm. None of it can actually bring any happiness, any actual security. And so uh, that's, that's where we want. uh, That's the, that's the first side of this is the, is the dangers of money. But on the other hand, the Bible talks about the blessings and power of money. So you have both these, this dichotomy of like money's dangerous. And if we just sit on that side, we can end up with this poverty mentality of like, no, having money is bad, sinful. Having money is not righteous. Having money is not what Christians do, but that's not fully right. Um, again, you said money is dangerous. It's not that money is dangerous. It's that the motives, right. like, how you use it. Well, that's what I'm saying. The position is it, of it in your heart. And if you land on just the one side mm-hmm. of looking at the, the scriptures and the ideas in the Bible about the warnings of money mm-hmm. and wealth, then you'll miss out on the p- power and the blessing of money when it's used rightly, mm-hmm. when it's used correctly. Second Corinthians 9 talks about giving to supply the needs of the saints. Paul has this story and he's, he's calling to the Corinthians. He's saying, you gave to supply the needs of these other saints. And he's talking about how um, that they're, they're, what supplied their needs is now supplying the other saints needs. And it was such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful picture of the church supporting the church. Mm -hmm. 
and he, he talks about this idea of fairness. He talks about this idea of not that you would be put out that you gave, but that they would be blessed. And by their overflow, you would be blessed. And he has this, this back and forth of because you gave, they have. And when they have, they'll be able to give. Mm-hmm. And then he even says that God's going to supply more seed for the sowing. And he's talking about, he's not saying like, if you give, you're going to have more wealth. Because like that, we don't want to play that game. Mm-hmm. But he says, if you give, he's going to make sure that you're capable to continue giving, mm-hmm. which is a pretty amazing thought. And that's a beautiful thing. He shows that money and resources and, and finances are a means that God is using in the church to support the church and the work that God's doing through the church, mm-hmm. which is an amazing thing. So if we were to just sit on the other, like the one side, like I said, and like money's bad, then what about all the people that God's given money and they're using that money to support people that mm-hmm. are doing these things over here on the, in the mission field or planning churches mm-hmm. or uh, orphanages or, you know, uh, family birthing centers or like all these things that are so good and they're Christ centered that takes money. That takes money to 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 do and to build and to to sustain, and so money's itself can't be bad, but when it's in the right place in the right hands used righteously, it's pow- it's a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. But that's all it is mm-hmm. is a tool. And uh, you know, going back to that first verse you shared, if we're serving God, we're going to do what He says, right? Mm-hmm. Proverbs three nine says, "Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce." Right. So if you have money in the right position in your heart, you're going to be obedient in that way. You're going to honor mm-hmm. the Lord with your wealth. Yeah, you're going to say, wow, I have, okay, I have this money. God, what do you want done with it? How can I use it to bless you, Lord? And uh, that might be getting out of debt right now. Mm-hmm. That might be t- helping out your neighbor. That might be sending a, a huge chunk to a missionary or supporting a church or your pastor. And these things come out of, not out of guilt, not out of um, obligation, but out of a love for God and a trust in him mm-hmm. and believing that he gave you what you have to be used for him, which we talk about often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what's Proverbs thirteen twenty two say? A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. See, what's What's awesome about these proverbs is they sound very black and white. Uh, and, and this idea, it says a good man leaves an inheritance. And what that, that doesn't mean that if you can't leave an inheritance that you're not a good man. The idea is that as I'm building and growing and being a steward over the things I have, as it acquires and grows, my thoughts are not just for myself and my immediate gratifications and the things that I want today, but it's for like, man, how is how can I hand something down to my son? Mm. And then how can my son hand something down to his son? And that, and we can look at this in two ways in the, in the physical, in the, in the material money, homes, cars, uh, business sense, wisdom. And then we can look at it in the spiritual sense as well. And I think we can, we should look at it both ways. Mm-hmm. I'm handing down an inheritance of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm handing down an inheritance uh, of, of, Godly wisdom wisdom. and knowledge of the word of God and experience Mm -hmm. in the body of Christ and what, and the Holy Spirit and how he's working and what community looks like, what community looks like. So we're handing down, not just a monetary inheritance. Mm -hmm. Every father and every mother should, should desire and, and um, pursue handing down a spiritual inheritance to their children. That's good. Uh, But on the other hand, that we're, we're such good stewards on, on the material side that we could potentially hand something 
of material to our kids as well. But it's going to require intentionality, thoughtfulness, selflessness, right? Not selfishness. Mm -hmm. Because if we're selfish in the way that we're spending or keeping our money, that's not going to that's not going to produce what you're saying about leaving an inheritance for mm-hmm. uh, generations to come. So that yeah. re- that requires intentional thought and and strategy and good decision making. Yep. And again, most importantly, is that spiritual inheritance of yeah. showing our kids what a righteous life looks like, showing our kids who Christ is, mm-hmm. what the Word of God says, not just in word but in example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then showing our kids what it means to be good stewards. Mm-hmm that we teach them how to manage money well and how to be good business people and how to understand um, equity and investing and like all these kinds of things on whatever level that may be. That may be putting money in the bank. That may be um, putting some aside for giving, right? Mm -hmm. These are all parts of that. And so this kind of gives a full orb. This is definitely not extensive, but it just gives this picture of like the dangers of, of money and having it in the wrong place and having the wrong heart and mentality about it. But then the benefit and power and blessing of using money and wealth well Mm -hmm. for God, recognizing that we're not owners of our money, but that we're stewards of it. And I say this all the time. We're we're not owners of our things. We're stewards of them. The moment we think that we're owners of them, then we're going to, we're going to misuse them. And it's that those things, those material possessions are going to be in the wrong place in our hearts. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Um, I do want to point out that in marriage after God, we really lay the foundation for a couple working through finances together. Um, Things like being unified, keeping your heart and hands open for the Lord to direct you through your finances, getting and staying out of debt, uh, sticking to a budget. And we give some really um, great testimonials from our own life, um, but also some practical tips on how to implement some of these things. And so I just wanted to encourage people if they haven't read it yet, or maybe if they have the book and you're working through finances, Mm -hmm. go back to that chapter and and, uh, read it. And I hope that it's encouraging to you because we do dive into a lot of the practical in marriage after God. Well, we share our own story of getting out of debt yeah. and the, the turmoil that that caused, um, <laughs> but, and how God used that story to transform the way we see money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually, had, we've had people tell us that that's their favorite chapter. Yeah. My and dad it's like, actually. Yeah. It's like, the, oh, your dad told us that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it, cause it's super practical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, actually another friend of ours mm-hmm. mentioned it too, but um, so if you haven't got a copy of that, it's marriageaftergod.com. You can pick up a copy of our book, little mid-episode plug. Um, okay. So uh, just let's give some um, ideas of why they might want to make some extra cash. I'm sure they're they're listening around. They're like, I know exactly what I need this extra cash for. But Well, I think for a lot of people these days, um, just, uh, you know, maintaining lifestyle, especially under that weight of debt. So getting out of debt you know, yeah. making those payments, getting those bills. Without out. having an empty refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Just, just yeah. life maintenance. Um, some people just need extra cash to get by. Yeah. Some people uh, might want to like have this vision of, of building um, a home in, mm-hmm. in another country or supporting a missionary and they, and they, they're giving maybe, but they want to like raise a larger chunk maybe mm-hmm. to do something uh, that they need a more immediate need for. When so supporting missionaries. A- Okay, because you said build a house in another country, and I'm thinking yeah, not a second home, not like a second home. We're not talking about vacationing. In- uh, well, maybe well, that's maybe. what they're trying to raise money for. But that's true. Maybe it's for you, a missionary building a house in Mexico you for were a family. About or, yeah, I'm talking. So about, really, we'll just say support missionaries. Yeah. Okay. Um, buying supplies for your kids. I know yep. we're homeschooling, and yep. we need supplies for our every kids. September. We know lots of people homeschooling, and that could be it. Like just getting yeah. them new clothes, getting them Markers stuff for or school, whatever. Um, putting money into savings for emergencies. Again, mm-hmm. we we remember. Remember, money's not our security, mm-hmm. but 
it is wise. wise. Yeah. It is wise to have some money set aside, recognizing that it be, would be useful when when needed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. To, um, just to add to this list, some people just want to be a little bit more um, self sufficient in that they're not relying on that paycheck to paycheck, but mm-hmm. that they are budgeting in a way and maintaining their finances in a way that they're um, they have margin. They have margin. That's a good word. Margin. Yeah. Um, which again is wise. Yeah. Creating margin so that you're not like, you know, something happens, you're sick or you, yeah. you lose your job, you know, God forbid. Yeah. Uh, those kinds of things, having that margin, having yeah. some money in savings, those are those Another are one, things. when you have a lot of margin, being able to travel and go on mm-hmm. family trips together or whatever that looks like. I don't know. Every family does that a little yeah. bit differently, but having extra cash for or that. Or being prepared to help with some sort of dire need in the church. Yeah. So, you know, someone comes down with cancer, someone comes down, you know, loses a home, so mm-hmm. something happens. Mm-hmm. Um, we just heard about a friend of ours who knew someone who their house just totally burned to the ground. Mm-hmm. Like those kinds of things yeah. happen. Or friends who are adopting. And you could be there, yeah. Adoption, and you can support, yeah, that's a good one. You can support adoption. Um, and then our favorite one, um, to finish this list out, I mean, there's a, this I list. I think I already mentioned it. Oh, did you getting out of debt? Yeah. Oh, getting out of debt. Okay. <laughs> we'll just say it's it again favorite one. it's really yeah. Aaron's favorite. Well, what's amazing <laughs> about getting out of debt is it, that it gives you margin for every yeah. other category. Every other category. Because you're not bound by that mm-hmm. monthly payment anymore. Mm-hmm. That monthly payment goes into savings. It goes into giving. It goes into, you know, your car if you need it. it uh, whatever. It goes into all those things. Yeah. So um, do you want to share a little bit of our journey? Getting um, getting out of debt? Well, well yeah. So <laughs> we, we actually felt we were in the mission field. I had my school loans. It was about $20,000 of debt. Um, but we, we felt God saying, Hey, you want to do, you want to serve me? Go get out of debt mm-hmm. and then you'll serve me more, more freely. We thought we could do a lot more. Yeah. But regardless, God has this desire for us to be out of debt. He has, I mean, he has a desire for his children to be debt free. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible tells us to be in debt to no one, mm-hmm. but to be the only, to only leave the outstanding debt of love to one another. So we're always in debt of love. Yeah but not to other people. I feel like striving to get out of debt too and having that motivation to hit that goal or accomplishment was a huge learning curve for us. And we learned so much physically, spiritually, and Mm -hmm. we just, we experienced a lot of um, uh, growth and maturity in that season. Well, and a lot of dying to ourselves, which is a good thing. Uh, so our journey, uh, we wanted to get out of debt. We wanted to stop living pay to, paycheck to paycheck. We were both working full-time jobs. Jennifer, mm-hmm. you were a preschool teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, were you a preschool teacher? What was it called? Uh, teacher's assistant. Teacher's assistant. And I was working uh, at a graphic design company doing websites and graphic design. And, you know, so we had these full-time jobs. We didn't have kids yet. Now, yeah, I, I wanted to make sure I said this because people are going to be thinking, well, what, how do we do this with all my kids? We didn't have any kids yet. So that some of this stuff was a little easier back then, but it felt super hard back then anyway. So regardless. Um, and what, what we did is we just started selling things. We started taking side jobs. We started doing photography on the weekends, mm-hmm. taking pictures of friends' weddings and babies family and shoots, family shoots. And, everything we could. Um, I was doing some interesting thing with um, web development because I was doing that on the, at work. I, I started selling you know web design themes on a <laughs> site, uh, which I came out of nowhere. I just started doing it because we were doing it for our photography. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll sell these themes. And that helped. That, what, we made like $6,000 mm-hmm. selling themes, like website themes. It was just some, I used a skill I had. There will um, be a handful of people that know exactly what you're talking about. And a lot of people. I know. They're not going to know. It's like website designs. I don't know how people to. People could, could put, purchase this theme and then just make it their own website. Yeah. So we took things that we were, we resources we had at our hands, relationships, uh, skills we had, and we just started using those in creative ways to get out of debt. Mm-hmm. And we did that. Then we just did it weekend after weekend after night after night. 
and just kept doing it until we chipped all of our debt away. And it took us, what, a year and a half, two years? Yeah. And I don't do want it. people to hear our story and go, but you did it before kids. So that's why you're able to do it. You guys are able to do it. Mm-hmm. It might take a little longer or be a, you might have to get a little more creative, but we want to encourage you that even with a large family, it can mm-hmm. be done. And we want to encourage you to strive for a debt-free lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, like Jennifer said, it, it might look different, mm-hmm. maybe a little slower, but the point is, and like we talk about in the book is having the mentality, the debt-free mentality mm-hmm. that you're, you're taking the step instead of a step backwards, you're taking a step forward mm-hmm. and it's just one step at a time. So, uh, let's just get into some of these things. We're going to, there's going to be a lot of them. So, um, and some of them might not be for you, but there might be one idea in here. They're like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is exactly what I'm going to try. Doing. Really? It, 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 it's to kind of dependent on what, what you need the, uh, side cash for. That and what you are capable of. Because some, some people might not fall into some of these categories. True. Um, so why don't you talk about the first one? Uh, just because I know that this is getting really big. I'll talk about the first two. The first two, perfect. So the first one um, that I want to mention is essential oils. And I'm not going to mention names of companies because you guys know what they are. But I have friends that do this. Um, I, I use essential oils. Um, if you're interested in building a business like this, you could make a great living off of it. Um, over you time. Can, you, over time, you can use it for side cash um, and at minimal investment. So if this mm. is something that you're interested in and you're like, I don't even know where to start, message me on Instagram. That's a good idea. Yeah, because huh. I can hook you up with the friends that I know that do it. Yeah, we have people on all sides of the yeah. <laughs> fence. Yeah. We're not going to talk about names. No, but but, es- but essential oils are used in, in, in you know, living a healthy lifestyle. And if that's mm-hmm. something that you've already been thinking of and want more information, just uh, reach out to me via Instagram. And we have husbands doing this and wives doing this yeah. on both sides. So uh, that was just a fun one. I wanted to throw that in there just because we know several people that have are, that have now make a pretty decent living yeah. doing it. Uh, and I, so I feel like it was a top of the list for, for me. Yeah. The second one I want to mention is babysitting. Um, it's probably one that makes your face uh, twitch a little bit. You're like, oh, I don't know about that. It's, really what we're saying is we're looking for... No. <laughs> no, but babysitting can be pretty lucrative and, you know, doesn't doesn't require too much, especially even if you do have a, a family and you have your kids at home, you can always invite, you know, those parents to drop the kids off at your house mm-hmm. um, or however you want to work it out. But I babysat for a long time um, mm-hmm. throughout my 20s and that was a great way to make extra cash. Yeah. Again, this will probably go for families that have maybe less kids or no kids. Yeah. Um, unless you're just totally cool with it and you have a bunch of kids and you're That's like finally saying. having double. Yeah. The amount of kids. Babysitting can be awesome. And if, just a side note, if you don't want to use babysitting to make money, this is a great way to to go on a date. It's called babysitting swapping. Yeah. So you you babysit with your friends for your friend's (laughs) kids and then they babysit on another night for your kids. That's more of like how to save money, but that That, that still goes into it. Because then you can use that money from babysitting to go. Or the date. To the date. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So uh, here's another idea. So we did essential oils, babysitting, Okay, here's another one. I just I brought this up during my little list of how we got out of debt. Use a skill you have to find to help friends and family on the weekends. So maybe you're you're strong and you got energy. Go help someone move. Go help someone uh, you know fix some tile uh, to you know uh, mow lawns. Like this you is can use considered a, odd jobs. Yeah, odd jobs. Like you're you're gonna like you. There's people that need something that they don't have the time to do or the mm-hmm. energy or the ability to do mm-hmm. and you got the tools or you got the skill or the strength to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is also an awesome thing for blessing your community mm-hmm. and a mutual blessing. They're going to pay you 
and you're going to bless them. And then you just spend time with someone from your fellowship, from your church. And uh, you, so using a skill that you have or resources that you have to help friends and family on the weekends. Yeah. But when you use the word help, sometimes it can get, it can feel like more of a ministry work. So you would want to make sure that it's clear that you're looking to get paid. You're looking to, um, that, yeah. that you're trying to make some extra cash. And so it's yeah, a win-win a, for both. Set a reasonable rate or hourly so just making sure that you've uh, clearly communicated that you're looking to get paid and that it would be a win-win for you know both parties. Yeah, so pick a reasonable wage, an hourly or a, a per-project type thing, yeah. and uh, start crushing away. We had friends that did this. Mm-hmm. They came over and did odd jobs, and, and that's leads. how they raised money to go on yeah. a mission trip, actually. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Here's another one. Make something and sell at a local flea market, right? Or farmer's markets. Uh, candles, quilts, baked goods. Uh, you probably have a family chili recipe that is just epic. <laughs> Make it and go sell it. Get, go, it's like usually what they're 15 bucks, 25 bucks for a booth, um, you know, at a, at a flea market or a farmer's market. It could be more expensive. We've never actually looked into this. I actually have not. So Aaron but, <laughs> but even then they, they make it a price that's going to be, a, that you, you should be able to sell something and make your money back and make some on top of that. Sell the recipe, sell, sell some, you know, jarred uh, salsa. D- there's something that you can make you probably already have a recipe for. It's just a family gold recipe and like just everyone's going to love it. Maybe it's smoking beef jerky. Maybe it's, you know, uh, fish, whatever it is. Making jewelry. Making jewelry. And and just get a little booth and go start selling and see what happens. We had a friend that, uh, that did, you know, roasted his own coffee. Mm-hmm. And he started going to flea markets and giving samples out of his, of his different, you know, roasts, mm-hmm. his light roasts, his medium roasts, his dark roasts. And been- he almost started a whole coffee company just by doing that. We have another friend who uh, started a candle making business and uh, now they're at our local Whole Foods, which is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's yeah. awesome. We love it when people use what they've been given yeah. in creative ways like this. So hopefully this is spurring some ideas for you guys. Yeah. And then just to take it one step further, if you're creating candles, crafts, something that you can sell, maybe like not, not something that's perishable like food, um, but go and create an Etsy account, which I believe is free. And you can just start selling your stuff on Etsy you know, put special keywords in there and, and titles and people are going to search for your stuff and you could potentially start selling your, you know, little bows that you make or little girls dresses or candles or, you know, whatever it is, you can sell those on Etsy. It's kind of like just going from the flea market in online. person and going online. Which everyone shops online these days. Yeah. So this is a, a weird one. Uh, you may or may not have heard of Fiverr, F-I-V-V-E-R.com. And it's a, it's just an online platform. You can create a free account and what you do is you offer up tasks. Maybe you're going to transcribe a video or you're going to write up a thing or you're going to film a little um, voiceover or something like that. And you charge like $5 is, is the, usually the going price for most things. And it's like a 30-second like thing, a five-minute project. And you can just go on there and sell a skill you have. Hmm. Maybe you're good at drawing. And you're like, I can draw pictures pretty quick. And you just sell a, a task like for $5, I'll, I'll draw you a little tiny postcard or, you know, for 10, you know, an add on, I'll, I'll do a, a full size, you know, eight and a half by 11. Uh, so Fiverr is just a cool thing. And there's literally an infinite number of, of skills you can sell on Fiverr. You should just go check it out. It's pretty insane, actually, the <laughs> kinds of things that people sell. Okay. So another one is online surveys. There's companies out there that will pay you for your response on a survey. So do you want to list any of those? Yeah. Uh, so one's called Vindel.com. 
uh, in my, I was just doing research on these and just trying to find ways that to, to let you guys know of how to make money. And a lot of the surveys take, you know, they, they don't take very long, but I think you can make up to like $10 a survey. Huh. Um, and you're just, all you're doing is going on there and it's like consumer um, questions about things you purchase and where you shop. And uh, so Vindale.com, V-I-N-D-A-L-E.com. Another one is surveyjunkie.com. And then the last one is VIPvoice.com. I'm sure there's others out there, but these are the three that I found that seem the most, you know, largest, but you can go check them out. So, uh, yeah, surveys is, I don't know if that's for anyone or for everyone, but just go check it out. I, I in my research, it, was, it seemed like an easy way someone can make some extra cash. Um, okay, here's a really cool one. This is going to be for people that can type really, really good. Not me. <laughs> that's not me either. But I'm sure there's people listening. They're like, oh my gosh, I type really fast. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's called rev.com, R-E-V.com forward slash freelancers. And what Rev is, is it's, it's a company where you can upload videos. And what they'll do is they'll submit that video to someone and someone will transcribe the entire video in real time. So someone will li listen to the video and type out everything that's said. And you can make 36 to 75 cents per minute, hmm. which is insane. So if you're a really fast typer, you can go become a freelancer with Rev.com. I think they have you take a test to join. But if you can type accurately and fastly, you can start making money probably today. I don't know how mm -hmm. fast they, they, they get you into the system. But what they do is they just send you a video. You watch it and you, you transcribe the video. We use it often for our YouTube videos. It's a pretty awesome service. So that's what it's Rev.com forward slash freelancers. So another one that we have on the list for you is, uh, this is probably going to be for those of you who have an online presence or platform or social media that people are following you for a specific reason, um, writing an ebook and selling it on Amazon KDP. And the reason I say mm -hmm. platform is because you need somewhere to, to put it, somewhere to kind of sell it, to Don't get people interested, to tell about it. Um, anyone could do it, but it well, is. Well, because once you do it, uh, it's, a fr it's free to do. You go to, Am it's KDP kdp.amazon.com, create a free account, and you can actually publish a, a print book. It's actually how Jennifer and I yeah. started becoming authors. We, yeah. we self-published through Amazon almost all of our books, minus two of our books. We want to encourage you as authors to put the time into it. Don't rush through this kind of project. You want to make sure that the inside is edited and that it's well-written, that yeah. it is designed well, um, not for the sake of, you know, um, because you have to, but you should desire to put good right. work out there that's really going to be a blessing for those who are going to pay for something like that. Right. Um, right? I, I just wanted to yeah. make sure that that was... And but and if, even if you don't do a, a print book, you can do an ebook very easily. And a lot of people do ebooks yeah. the same exact way. It's kdp.com for... Yeah. Or kdp.amazon.com. Um, but I had to put that one in there because that was how Jennifer and I started selling our books was yeah. through Amazon. Yeah. And we still do, actually. We, we self-publish. We have we 10 self-published books through yeah. Amazon. Uh, here's another one. It's kind of like the the survey one. It's called, um, you can get paid to test websites before they launch. So people will design a website, a big company or a small company, and they want to know how it's going to be used. And they chart, they pay up to $10 per test. Wow. And so what you'll do is you'll get an email and it'll say, here's a website and it'll tell you what to do. And, uh, and they want you to go actually use it. And then they record what you do so they can see how it's used. And then you get to write feedback on it. And there's a couple sites you can do it on. Uh, one's called userfeel.com. Y-S or W. <laughs> it's spelled U-S-E-R-F-E-E-L.com. And then the other one is trymyui.com. And uh, those, you just sign up, you become a tester and you can start testing websites for people. I never heard of that. 
Yeah, I know. It's a. I was doing some research and I was like, these are some really cool ways of awesome. making some extra cash. Uh, here's some. Here's a fun one. It's called Rover.com. R-O-V-E-R.com, and it's like Uber for dog walkers. And uh, you can you can actually get paid to walk people's dogs. And I think uh, they say in the site you can earn up to a thousand dollars a month. I don't know how much dog walking that is, but <laughs> but that's pretty cool. And I feel I, like you have to like dogs to do that. Yeah. So <laughs> I wouldn't be a candidate. <laughs> that wouldn't be you. <laughs> uh, but you can sign up, and I think you can do it as much as or little as you want. Yeah. And uh, and I think they do it locally, so it's going to be based off of people around you. So I'm sure that the, not everyone's going to work yeah. in this. Here's but I thought that was a cool one. Here's another uh, service-based uh, option for you, and that's shopping for people. Um, shoppers.instacart.com. You may have heard of Instacart already. You may have used it yourself. Yeah, I've had it on my phone right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a great way for you on the other end to earn some extra cash by shopping for people. Yeah, so essentially you'll, you'll get an order and you'll go to the local store and you'll pick up all the things on the list and you drop it off at an address. So I would say um, th- be careful if you're going to get into this. You know, be confident, you know, knowing where you're going. Um, but someone might be totally interested in this idea. Have Just a do valid your, driver's license. Yeah, do your, <laughs> have a valid driver's license. Um, I don't know, maybe you can do it on a GoPad or a bike. I don't know. Um, but I would just do your research. But I just, we found that that was something you can sign up for and you can become a, a shopper for someone. All right, the last one, and this is kind of like the digital version of that uh, doing odd jobs for your friends. And this is doing odd jobs or chores for, for random people. There's a site called taskrabbit.com and you can become a tasker is what they call it. And, uh, you know, a job will get posted. I need someone to mount a TV. I need someone to, you know, move a refrigerator or to, you know, fix a faucet. This Those kinds of things. This would just be for people you don't know. Yeah, and, and you, you could pick and choose which tasks you want. But um, again, do your research, dig into these things yourself, figure out if it's something that will work for you. Some of these things probably not, you know, maybe none of these will work for someone, but maybe all of them will work for someone. Uh, But in my research, I just wanted to find some cool things, different things, unique things that maybe you've never thought of to make a little bit extra cash on the side, Uh, to get out of debt, to save some money, whatever it may be. Yeah. Two more that I just thought of as you were talking is I have this friend that makes pies and really enjoys it and sells them. And sometimes sells them by the slice. Mm, pies. So if you're a baker and you have a community that likes to eat pies, mm. I'd be a part of that community. Um, <laughs> you we'll, can, we'll be your taste testers. Yeah, you could do something like that. That's creative. And also, if you have a garden and your garden overproduces, don't waste the food, which you probably don't, but um, see if anyone in your community could use a bushel of something. What we've seen, uh, mostly in the Midwest is um uh pay your what do they call it is a it's a little stand and they put the vegetables and it's just a honor base you go and you put some money in a jar in a jar and you take a tomato or Mm -hmm. you take some carrots and so maybe you could put that in your front yard if you if if you live in an area that will let you do that um or again going to a local market Mm -hmm. farmer's market and selling your your extra produce that Mm -hmm. was a great that was a great one yep so i just i wanted to reiterate again we want to have the right mentality about money and wealth and what it's being used for, that we're stewards, not owners. And I hope that some of you that are listening to this episode can glean just some ideas for yourself that you would use wisdom in pursuing them. And I also want to um, just give it this insight that some of these side jobs, if we if we have the right mentality, could be opportunities for witnessing. Mm-hmm. You're going to be meeting new people. You're going to be connecting you know, in, in communities that you haven't connected before and just re- recognizing that you're a light and that you're salt in that yeah, that's actually really good. So even though you are, the goal is side cash, your heart is in a position and a place where regardless of the side cash, 
you are ministering to the people on the other end. You are Mm -hmm. a light to them. You're an encouragement to them no matter where you go, no matter what you're doing, no matter what odd, odd job it is, even if it's a really hard one, you have a good positive attitude. You're uplifting. Mm -hmm. You encourage people toward the heart of God. So as always, we love to end our episodes um, with prayer before I do that. I just want to, I just hope that this episode encouraged you. Um, And I hope it gives you some good ideas. I know that when I was doing the research there, I was, I was really surprised at how many ways (laughs) you can make money online um, and in real, in life. It's pretty cool. And again, if this um, made you think of someone in your life who could use some extra cash, be sure to send it their way. Absolutely. So Jennifer, would you praise out? Dear Lord, thank you for providing scripture about money, about how we should view it and how we should steward it. We pray we would never have a love of money. We pray we would be wise in how we make our money, how we spend it, and how we save it. We pray our finances would honor you. Help us to be united in our marriage when it comes to money. Help us to communicate respectfully about it. In times that we are striving to make extra cash, we pray that you would guide us and show us what we should do. If any of the striving is in vain, please convict our hearts and redirect us. May the pursuit of money never be at the cost of our relationship with you, Lord, or with our families. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for the opportunities we have to grow. And thank you for the moments we get to share your gospel with others. We pray we'd be a light in this world no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you loved this episode, if it was encouraging, if you liked the ideas, uh, please leave us a star rating and review. We'd love that. We love reading those. And it also helps other people find the episode. Also, don't forget to get your free download of the Date Night Conversation Starters. That's at datenightconversations.com. Yeah, so we love you all. We're praying for you all. See you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.